This is HPR episode 2141 entitled, Make Web Python with Flask. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 37 minutes long. The summary is, Klaatu talks about Flask, a Python-based web micro-framework. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Radio. My name is Scott Two, and this is a little bit about Flask. Flask. What is it? Why do you want to use it? Um, well, I don't know that you do, but uh, Flask is a Python web framework. So I guess, from what I understand, you could think Ruby on Rails, but for Python. And you're probably thinking, but I thought that was Django. Django. Um, yes, it is. So Flask is kind of like Django, Django, uh, light, or or an alternative to that. I guess I don't really know if it's all that much lighter. I don't know what the use cases are. As you can tell I don't know a whole lot about Flask so far. But actually, I've I've been using it at work. And originally, when I was tasked with this particular thing that I had to do, I thought, well, okay, so I. I need to do some kind of dynamic website thing, not too terrible at Python, so I will um, I will try to do this in Python, uh, plus some of the APIs that I had to tap into were Python. So it was, it was quite obvious that it was going to need to be Python. And I'd heard of Django before, and I'd, I'd tried to kind of like learn it, but all the tutorials on the Django site were, were at least at the time, they were very specific. They were like, here, you know, the, the how-tos, the tutorials, it was always centered around like making a blog or or something like that, and I just kept thinking, well, I don't really want to do that. So I kind of it never kind of captured my my interest. But so Django was the first thing that I thought of, and then the more I thought about it, the more I remembered that at um, Ohio Linux Fest years and years ago now, I had heard Verbal from Chicago do a talk about um, Web Two Pi is what it was called, and I thought, okay, well, Web Two Pi was a web like a Python web framework, so maybe I could just use that. So I looked into that, and sure enough, it, it appeared to do similar things as, as Django would. It's, it's you know, kind of like this, this portal so that you can write Python code and then open a web browser and see the... I, I, I hesitate to say the output of the Python code because that's not really what you're seeing, but you're seeing the results of pages generated by Python, put it that way. So, so far we've got two different ones, Django and Web2Py. I did a little bit more research just to see if there were other options out there, like what what I was dealing with. And then I turned up this other thing called Bottle, B-O-T-T-L-E. That was a web Python framework. And then finally I found Flask. Now, actually, I did, to be honest, I did not find Flask. So I, I emailed the IT, uh, the, the IT department at my job, and I was like, yeah, I need this Python thing installed, this Python web framework, and I like listed all three of them, and they were like, well, what's wrong with Flask? So that's how I found Flask, by not finding it and then being told that it was the obvious choice. But it turns out that, I mean, I 
I'm imagining that they all basically do the same thing, just a, a matter of probably slight differences and kind of the way they approach it. My point really is that I'm not, I'm not talking about Flask in this episode because I have compared it with lots of other solutions and have found it to, to be the better, you know, the best possible thing. I, I'm talking about it because it was the one that kind of dropped in my lap. You can find more about Flask at flask.poku.org. That's Flask, F-L-A-S-K dot Poku, P-O-C-O-O dot org. It is a very simple page you will find. It's it's not super fancy. It's very sort of minimal. Um, it's got some code snippets on there and a brief overview of what it does and how it does it. And it's all pretty easy to ostensibly get started with. Um, certainly, like on their front page, they have a, a very sort of simple hello world code snippet and then how to install Flask, how to start up a local web server, you know, one of those little Python web servers uh, to just see to see the output of your of your test application. And it's basically the equivalent of getting to the Apache It Works page. It's kind of like, yes, I can see that it does, in fact, function. Uh, but it doesn't go super into detail, and neither will I, um, because I only have so much time. But I will go a little bit farther than their demo app. But the first thing that we need to do uh, to, to kind of get our feet wet here is to install Flask. There are lots of different ways to install Flask. There's the normal, quote-unquote, normal Linux distribution way of installing Flask, which would be, you know... Um, yum install flask or dnf i guess install or apt install whatever whatever you use so you could just install flask from there or it might be called python dash dash flask or it might be called pi flask or flask dash python you know do a search first for flask and dig around and see what you've got that's one way to do it the other way would be to, to install it sort of directly through python so specifically pip if you have not used uh, it's kind of the, the the officially sanctioned package management system of Python. You can get pip by going to pip.pipa.io. So that's pip.pypa.io. It tells you on the page um, slash en slash stable slash installing. So if you go to the install installation link, um, it tells you like, do I need to install pip? And it says that it's already probably installed if you're using Python versions, blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah. Um, but you should upgrade, it says. So it gives you this file, git-pip.py. You can download that and then run python.git-pip.py, and it will upgrade or install pip as needed. If you are on a system that you are not the administrator of, pip can act locally, and that's kind of a cool trick. So if you do a pip install um, uh, flask with a capital F dash dash user, or if you do a, a python dot slash git pip dot pi dash dash user, then it will install pip locally, and then you can use pip locally, and you can do a pip install flask dash dash user. So the dash dash user command, uh, whenever you're using pip, will install everything local to your to your user folder. It's really quite handy. Uh, everything goes into tilde slash dot local slash bin slash whatever or, or slash lib wherever. But it's in the uh, tilde slash dot local. 
folder. Now, if you're going to do it that way, then you need to kind of manage your Python environment yourself. In theory, you should be doing that anyway with uh, set set on. No, that's sorry, um, C shell, uh, virtual on uh, for Python. Uh, so you will want to do that if you're if you're working locally. But if you're if you're not working locally, which I am, which is why I'm mentioning it. But if 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 you're not, then you can just install it via your Linux package manager and just kind of start using it. It doesn't, you know, everything will just kind of fall into place. Flask will know where all of its own files are, are located and it's not really a big deal. Okay, so once you've got pip installed, as I said, uh, it's the Flask installation is pretty simple and, it, and they give it to you right there on the front page of their own site. It's just pip install Flask or again, pip install flask dash dash user for a local install of it. And once you're done, I mean, that's that's installed. So it's got all of its own components, it should bring in all of its own dependencies and stuff. And then you should be able to run a quick hello world application. And I guess we might as well start there. So if you go to the flask.poku.org site, uh, there's, like I say, a little snippet about seven lines, not including white space. Of, of code, and it boils down to this, from flask import flask, app equals flask, parentheses, underscore, underscore, name, underscore, underscore, parentheses, and then the at symbol app dot route, or root, however you say that in your uh, local area, uh, parentheses, quote, slash, close quotes, close parentheses, and then def space hello, parentheses, parentheses, colon, and then return, in, uh, indent return, space hello world, uh, and then if underscore, underscore, name, underscore, underscore, equals, equals, quote, underscore, underscore, main, underscore, underscore, quote, colon, app dot run, parentheses, parentheses. So taking that apart a little bit, you've got your from Flask import Flask. Obviously, that's just you're importing Flask, the Flask module. And then you're you're declaring um, that you're, you're using the Flask class as, as, as your app. So it's app equals Flask and then the name. Um, so that's that's just kind of declaring this entity called app as a Flask uh, entity. And then you give the app a, a, a default route, which is in this case just slash. So that's going to serve as your web root folder. So that's, in other words, we're almost chirruting. We're not, but we're almost chirruting Flask. So when we start our Flask server, it's going to, it's going to consider the, 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 the base of itself, the root of itself as, as call, it's going to call that slash, and that's going to be the start of the server. Um, and that by default is the current, the current directory. So then we create a function called hello, and we just return a string, hello world. And then, of course, we do the classic if underscore underscore name equals underscore underscore main, which it does. Uh, then we app dot run parentheses parentheses, and that's that's your that's your hello world file, and or yeah your file. And so then, if you do a Python space dot slash hello dot py or whatever you just called that file, uh, then it will tell you that Flask is running on HTTP colon slash slash 127.0.0.1 colon 5000. So if you open a web browser and go to localhost 
colon 5000 you should and then hit return you should see um, the string hello world or whatever you typed into your little hello world app if you were following along it was the string hello world um, and that's it that's that's up and running with flask in you know uh, 12 minutes minus the preamble uh, so to get a little bit a little bit fancier and like I say I'm not gonna go too far into it because obviously once you start getting into it it gets really really complex but what we can do instead of just you know scraping the surface is we can we can make a um, couple of cool little tricks here just to kind of give you the idea an idea of what of what flask is is capable of so the first thing that we'll do is we'll import a bunch more mod modules than than what we've got so the um the from flask import flask is a good start but typically the modules you're going to need are going to also include um session so it would be from from flask import flasks uh flask comma comma session comma render underscore template that's a good one comma url underscore four that's url underscore for comma request comma redirect that's a good one and um comma jsonify j-s-o-n-i-f-y we're not going to use all of those right now but those are kind of like that's my default set i rarely do anything without that set i'm not saying that's necessarily canonical by any means i don't know what other people do but that's that's what i tend to use uh, and then I, we're going to go ahead and import sys, and we're going to import os. So that's sys and os. Import sys, import os, and let's see what else we'll need. I think that's all we will need for now. No, actually, that's not true. Let's do a from os.path import expand user. That will be handy as well. I mean, technically, we have that because we imported OS. Um, well, anyway, we can debate the if the most efficient way to do that later. Um, let's do that for now. Okay, so um, the the thing that we'll do is we'll say app equals flask colon. I mean, parentheses underscore underscore name underscore underscore. But then instead of just leaving it there we're going to define a custom folder for it for our templates for the pages that we return you don't necessarily have to do this because you can inherit templates and flask is certainly if you've installed it the default linux way um, flask knows where all of its templates are located and you can just create your own template files inheriting all the all the um all the default templates and, and expanding them and kind of compounding upon them. But um, we're, we're going to go ahead and just, we're going to ignore all the default templates and we'll just kind of create our own pages from scratch. So we'll do a comma space template underscore folder equals. And then this is why we imported all the OS stuff. Um, we want to do an os.path.join parentheses expand user parentheses quote tilde close quote close parentheses comma and then folder by folder the the path 
to your current Flask directory, like whatever directory you're working in. So for me, it's comma, quote, pi, close quote, comma, quote, flasky, close quote, close, uh, comma, quote, template, close quote, parentheses, parentheses. So I've got this stuff in my home directory in a, a subdirectory called pi, and then in that directory, there's something called flasky, and then there's a template folder inside of that. So that's that's my path to my custom template folder. And that's, I'm, so I'm launching, I'm gonna, we're gonna launch Flask, or we're gonna use Flask in our application, and we're going to redirect it, we're gonna override its default template location to our own template folder. Hopefully that makes, that makes sense. I don't think it's, I don't think it's too, too complicated really. Okay. So what we'll do, I, I guess, is we'll we'll keep this sort of default app route, which is app dot route or the at symbol and then app dot route parentheses quote slash close quote close parentheses. And we will do a DEF uh, index parentheses, parentheses, colon. And then the next line, we're going to define a variable and we're going to call the variable arg, A-R-G. And we're gonna set arg to equal sys.argv square bracket one close square bracket. So if you are at all familiar with Python, if you've heard GNU World Order's Python series, then you know that, that this grabs whatever argument the, the first argument that was passed to to this file and and puts it into the variable arg so it's basically a really quick and dirty um, arg parse so if we, if we launch this file which is called hello.py if we launch it as python.hello.py foo then foo is the first argument and so when we're in the file, when, when we're in this little running application, if we say, hey, Python, I want you to grab whatever was in sys.argv in the first slot, then it will be foo. Okay, so then that's all we'll do. We'll just, we're just creating arg. And then what we want to do is when, when people go to this location, which by default is just the top, you know, the root level of our, of our little server here, uh, we want to return, instead of returning just a string like we did in the Hello World application, we are going to return a template. So we'll say return space render underscore template. And remember, we've redefined where the template folder is. So it's not going to be looking for a template from the Flask distribution. It's going to look for a template that we define. So we'll do a render underscore template parentheses quote index.html close quote comma, and then arg equals arg, close parentheses. Now that's important. We need to tell it arg equals arg because, I mean, we could say penguin equals arg. It doesn't really matter what we call it. I'm just calling it arg again so that everything's consistent. But what we're doing essentially is we're passing that variable, in this case arg, we're, we're passing that variable through this file here that's going to be running into the template. 
so that we can then use our variable in our little template. And then we can close this whole file with the same the same general incantation if underscore underscore name underscore underscore equals equals quote underscore underscore main underscore underscore quote colon next line app dot run parentheses parentheses. Okay, so if you want to, and this will fail, but if you want to, we can launch that right now. We can do python dot slash hello dot pi and in your web server, you can do a refresh or, or whatever you need to do to get back to uh, localhost colon 5000. And it's going to tell you that it has no idea um, where, well, actually it might, it, it'll probably first tell you that there's a index error because I forgot to pass an argument to it. So that, that might happen. But either way, so eventually you're gonna get to a point where it's telling you that the template cannot be found because we haven't created index.html yet. So you can cancel that, Control-C to stop Flask from running. And then we need to do, need to go into Emacs. I mean, you can go into a different editor if you must. I don't know why you would. Um, if you want to learn Emacs, I've done a series on that um, for you here on Hacker Public Radio, well worth knowing, uh, but I digress. So we're going to go into our templates folder and open up index.html, which doesn't exist yet. And uh, so the first thing that we can do, I guess, is just make a really simple template. And this is going to be, again, like if you've installed it via your Linux package manager, then everything kind of knows where everything else is. And technically, you don't have to make your own template. You could just ride with whatever Flask provides. But I'm I'm assuming that in that in real life, realistically, you're not really gonna be using templates all that much. You're gonna be making your own. I mean why why wouldn't you really? So I'm I'm not I guess I'm not hundred percent clear on what template the use of templates are myself. But I, I guess it's good to learn like inheritance and stuff. But anyway, we're we're just gonna make our own. So uh, we'll just do a simple HTML tag, HTML, and then head, and then title. Those are all required. And then we'll put in some title. We can just say, you know, Flask, app, and then close title, close head, and then open the body. And then let's do an H1, hello world, close the H1. And then we could even do like paragraph, that's a P tag, um, and we could say, uh, this is a web pie page. I don't know, whatever you want to say. I'm not really feeling that creative about this right now. But uh, you close the P tag, and then you close the body, and then you close HTML. And if we save that, Control X, Control S, and then close, Control X, Control C, um, now, if we start our little Python app, um, and we still need to give it an argument. So the, the string to start this thing is python space dot slash hello dot pi. And then I'm just going to put in foo. Uh, we won't see anything about foo yet because we haven't used that argument or the, that variable. But there you go. So if we go to our web, ver uh, our web browser and refresh, we should see the index page that we just created.
Okay, so that's good, but it's still a little bit boring. So since we did define in our um, in our script, we told. Let's look at that again. We told um, Flask that uh, that 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 when we return uh, the index.html page to the user, we told Flask to be aware of the arg variable. So again, the path of the arg variable, we, we when we type in python.slash-hello.py, and then we do space foo, then foo is this, the, the, the argument that we're passing into the hello.py file. That's just how commands work. We all know that, right? If we do an ls space slash usr slash share, then usr slash share is the argument for the ls, yeah? So foo is the argument to hello.py. And so when we've started up hello.py uh, and we've imported the sys module, S-Y-S, we're giving Python access to whatever we typed after hello.py. And in this case, all we do with it is we say, take that value, sys.argv square bracket one square bracket, and dump it into this variable called arg, arg. Or we could call it anything. Again, we don't have to call it arg. We could call it penguin, we could call it foo, we could call it var, we could call it baz. It doesn't matter. But I'm calling it arg because that makes sense to me. It's an argument. So arg equals sys.argv square bracket one square bracket. Now when we say, when we're telling Flask to return a render underscore template, which is of course located in the template folder that we told Flask to use, when we, at the start of our little hello.py um, file, then return the file index.html, comma, arg equals arg. And there we're just saying, also, as you're returning this index.html file from your templates folder, um, I also want you to create a new variable called arg. And in this new variable, I want you to put the contents of arg. So again, it doesn't have to be arg, it could be anything. It could be bar equals arg, it could be baz equals arg, it could be anything. But we're creating that variable on the fly that kind of goes along with our index.html. And that's how that's how it's aware of that thing. Okay? So let's go back into our template. So emacs space template slash index.html. And in the title block, instead of just saying flask app, let's use a variable. And the way that you call a variable from within a template is uh, the double curly bracket. So I'm gonna I'm gonna delete flask app and I'm gonna type in curly bracket, curly bracket space arg and it needs to be the exact same capitalization that you used in your in your hello.py. I, I used them all caps, A-R-G, all caps. But you if you, know, you do whatever you did. So curly, curly, space, arg, space, curly, curly. And then I'm gonna go ahead and put in my body, I'm gonna put an H1, curly, curly, arg, curly, curly, just so I really, really see this thing. And that'll be enough. Okay, so that's how you get a template, or that's how you get a variable from, from your template file. 
which is a powerful, powerful thing. Um, okay, so now let's start the hello.py, and this time I'm going to use um, hax0r. So python space dot slash hello dot pi space h-a-x-x-0-r. Okay, it's running. So now if I go back over to my web server and refresh, it says hacksor. This is a pi page. So there you go. That's um, getting variables out of the Python script. The reason that that's so powerful is because now in this Python script, this hello.py script, you can generate all kinds of things like you could you can dynamically pass data into it you can talk to databases and grab um, variables out of the database and then present it to your user you can create forms have your user submit data into your um your your python file and then process that data and return it to the user um, you know, in some other format. It's it's a really, really powerful thing. I mean, this is that's where it becomes truly a Python application. Like the hello world stuff where you're just kind of telling Python to create HTML routings and maybe some HTML code to show to the user. It's it's kind of um it's kind of just a really roundabout over complex way to generate a stupid unstyled um, web page but once you start actually using the Python stuff underneath to generate new and interesting data that that the user you know can interact with or whatever then suddenly you're you're programming like this entire new program and everything that the user sees is just the front end it's just kind of like the interface to your Python program so I mean the sky's the limit from there. Um, it's probably that's probably enough for you to to sort of get started with. Really, I don't I don't really know what else I could go through without starting to get into um, into different ways of of you know inventing data and grabbing data and stuff like that. But but I, I feel like that would be biting off a, a lot more than probably one episode could chew. Uh, so the next step probably from here would be to go to flask.poku.org and have a look at their snippets page. Their snippets page has, um, I wouldn't say hundreds, but maybe 80 or 60 or, or 100 uh, different little snippets of sort of things that you can do with, with Flask. And, and they're all essentially public domain um files that's what they say they say consider it public domain um and so there's a bunch of different things that you can do some of them are maybe more complex you know depending on where you are um in your in, in, in on your experience level but but um it's it's not a bad idea to at least have a look at it and then um yeah, and, and play around with the different routes as well. That's not a bad idea. In the Flask documentation, they go over that a little bit. Um, and essentially, they're, they're decorators in your Python uh, file. And you can do like an at app.route, parentheses, quote, slash would be 
you know, close quote, close parentheses, that would be just the, again, the root level of your server. But then if you, you could also do like an at app route parentheses quote slash um, login, you know, close quote, close parentheses. And then if anyone went to your website slash login, then they would be, you know, you would return a different template with, with some other different backend. So yeah, there's, you can you can really structure your website very manually and just kind of direct people all over the place and it, it doesn't really it, it's it's a little bit confusing if you're used to hard coding everything and kind of working very much within a literal web server um, with with Python with 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 Flask you can you can kind of construct a a virtual web server almost you know it'll it'll look to the user like Oh, I'm going to a directory called login, or I'm going to a directory called um, data, or, or or pages, whatever. But it's not actually a, a directory. It's just it's a route in Flask that returns a different set of data. It's it's pretty crazy. You can really you can really mess with your your user's head um, if your user is trying to reverse engineer how your web server's happening, which hopefully they're not. Um, yeah, so that's that's Flask. Now, obviously, in real life, you wouldn't want to run Flask um, from your home directory, um, and you wouldn't want to use the built-in web server that Flask provides for testing uh, for your production, obviously. Um, so that, again, is kind of a different topic. It's not that complex, but since there are so many different ways to do it, I, I don't feel like it's worth covering. But, but essentially, I mean, first of all, you would want to, probably again install flask sort of the 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 right way you know the on the system level and then you need you need some kind of interface for your web server to be able to um, interface with your with your with the fact that, that flask exists and should be run um, so for Apache you would need you know the Python modules and for nginx you'd need Python. I don't know what they're called in Nginx. Are they still called modules? I don't know. But yeah, you, you usually need to make your web server aware. Well, you always need to make your web server aware that you want Python to be, you know, like CGI kind of executable things that, that it can serve to your public. So there'll be a little bit of configuration there. But again, it's, it's all, it's not, we're not inventing anything here. This is all pretty standard stuff. So it's, it's all documented quite well on the uh, Flask website. It's a lot of fun. It's very cool. It's like the next level of web development. Um, it's, it's, it's actually quite satisfying, too. I've talked to several people now who, um, who I mean, I'm, I'm probably biased because I'm using it at work, so I, I kind of get, I get confirmation from people, you know, around here who are using Flask, and it's kind of like, oh, yes, yes, Flask is good. Um, but I've, I've talked to a couple of people, like in IRC, who, who really enjoy Flask as well. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like it's kind of a, a cool little technology. And it is simple. I don't know, you know, I don't have enough experience with Django or, or anything like that to, to truly compare it, but I will say that, that the time it took to kind of get up and running with Flask, relatively, it was really pretty quick. So 
Um, and I, I imagine once you learn Flask, learning other frameworks would probably be pretty easy as well. Like I could probably, if I needed to or wanted to, I could probably crack open Django at this point and, and figure it out in an afternoon instead of the three years that it took me to to, to finally come to Flask and, and discover it and, and actually use it. And as always, having a project in mind is, is very helpful as well. So, you know, try, try to start out simple. Start out with some point and, and you'll probably you'll probably have great success. So um, yeah, let me know if you do anything cool with it. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you next time. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.